welcome back to the Amplified Word, brought to you by Christ Episcopal Church in Dayton, Ohio. It's a conversation and a deeper look at the lessons for the upcoming Sunday from the Women's Lectionary by Will Gaffney. We invite you to come along as we lift up the women of the Word. the lessons for the third Sunday of Easter. Our lessons come from the book of Sirach, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, Psalm 34, verses 1 through 14, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 7 through 14, and the gospel according to John, chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. Welcome everyone to this week's session of the Amplified Word. We're glad you're with us for the Easter season. I'm the rector here at Christ Episcopal Church, Peter Holmeyer. I'm Mary Jane Plody, Apostolate and the Programs Assistant. Welcome back. Happy Easter. Alleluia. Um, we have to get all those in. It's still Easter. This is a season, remember, friends. And, and you know, we have a tendency in our culture to move right on to preparing for the next one. Stores have already turned over into the next season, and Easter's done, but not here. Oh, the stores are, it's already Memorial Day. It's completely it's patriotic. It is. Already. I know. It's practically the 4th of July. <laughs> well, but we're holding on to Easter here. Central to the Easter season. And I thought, Mary Jane, I'm going to turn this over to you in just a second, is a wonderful question that you asked, which is a resurrection Mm-hmm. Let's not, rather than, well, maybe we'll end up kind of um, dancing around it anyway, but rather than just dancing around it right <laughs> without even trying to acknowledge it, I really appreciated that as we were preparing for this week, you talked, uh, you asked a very clear and explicit and important question. It doesn't have, I, for me, it, the answers aren't as clear, and that's around what does it really mean for the dead to be resurrected? Yeah. Is that literal? Mm-hmm. So what, Yeah. how do you make sense <laughs> of that, Mary Jane? You asked this question. I know. Asking the questions we have no answers to, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, it, there are so many great mysteries in our faith that I feel like we spend time trying to understand the Trinity. So many, so many sermons are given on Trinity Sunday about trying to make sense of how these three persons and one being and what does this do? And then there are mysteries that I feel like we never actually spend time trying to understand. And the resurrection is one of those for me. Of yes. What does the, what are we saying? Yes, there's the initial resurrection of Easter Sunday, which is Jesus the Christ resurrected. Okay, but now, and we'll talk specifically about the text, but now we're in this season where what we're praying about, what we're hearing in the lessons, uh, what our music is about, is about our own resurrection, about the resurrection of the dead. Yeah. Are we talking 
Walking Dead mummy type of situation? Are we <laughs> gonna have... Is this in the hereafter that we're brought back to life? So not here on Earth, but in heaven? And do we have bodies? And well, I hope there's a graphic for this week that's got some kind of <laughs> back from the dead. Yes. Attached to it. We'll have to well, work with our, uh, our graphics team, Emily, to see what she can figure out for us with this. Yeah. You know, what are we, what does this mean? A dead body resurrected. Um, well, and I think one of yeah. the things that <laughs> relates <laughs> to that, and I don't have an answer either. I think these are good questions to ask is that in a, a, when you read the Gospels and when you read the New Testament and when you look at the uh, Revelation to John, it's pretty clear we're not just talking ultimately about the resurrection of this one half-human, half-divine sure. personage. Yeah. But ultimately, some kind of a resurrection for each and every one of this us. This is a communal conversation this is yeah. we're talking about followers of jesus followers of christ being brought back to life being resurrected being yeah. born again whatever the language within certain passages is right that all is sort of like you said at the beginning dancing around this idea of new life yeah after death Mm -hmm. We have to die, and then we are reborn. And I, and not only, so it's easier to talk, again, like all the great mysteries, it's a little easier to talk about it, you know, now we see it through a glass, you know. Sure. Cl that's cloudy, later we'll see clearly. But sometimes our choice then is to not even try to see clearly. Sometimes that can be an excuse. <laughs> we hand that, it off. Yes, you know, don't look directly at God, right? So we got to look off to yep. the side. There's a bit of an element here sometimes where what we do is just, well, let me give you some, how this could be symbolic or metaphoric. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's it. God's deep truths actually resonate on all these levels oh, at once. Yeah. But the one yeah. that's a little harder to kind of get our brains around is how it could be symbolic, metaphoric, communal, all these different kinds of aspects of what it could do. But physical? Hmm. Physical resurrection mm -hmm. from the dead. Um, I'm not, boy, it could be pretty crowded among other things. <laughs> Where are we going? So, Every person? And and is there a cutoff? So this is also the questions that they don't actually matter, but well, but I get, I, think, I, think, I can find myself kicking them around like, I don't need an answer about well, this in order to believe. Right what I believe about God. You know, I can make my affirmation of faith without knowing these things, but I find them to be curious. I think, I mean, certainly if there were good, clear answers, there'd be a lot more people who were uh, practicing their Christian faith because they'd be like, yeah, I'm coming back in a body. So sign me up for my, you know, four, four yeah. score years around here mm -hmm. because I understand how much it matters later. Right. Right. But there's still a question here about how do our physical bodies, how does our past fit into all of these things? And then I, we're constrained by time and space in a way that the whatever this resurrection is, is not. Okay, yeah. So what's the timeline on this? Right. You know, 
time exists in our world, in our realm, but not in God's world. Well, world is a weird thing to say because right. it's all God's world, you know, but right. this is part of our human experience on this planet within this creation. Yeah. But I have to imagine that it's not the same wherever it is that we are resurrected to, right? And I don't want to sound like I'm getting sort of science fiction-y. I don't think well, it's like I, a, a planet that we might... Helpful. But But there has to be a dimension or something that is not something that we can even relate to necessarily. Yeah. If anything that helps expand your capacity mm -hmm. to sort of imagine something. Plus, you know, these do matter because if they get in your way to practicing your faith, mm -hmm. then coming to a place where you can say yes does not have to look like just wrote yes. You need to struggle with it until you can put it into a context that makes right. sense for you. Internally. Yeah. yeah personally. And so I think that that's when you want to testify to something in any way, shape, or form, it's because you've made sense out of it for yourself. There's a great quote from Albert Einstein that's God created time so that everything doesn't happen at once. Hmm. And, you know, a resurrection where everybody was here in the kind of world that we have now, boy, that would be a crowded space. It really um, would be, yeah. You know, I mean, we would... Think about how many people have lived and died just since Jesus was born. Right. And then you could get into the whole thing of what about people before Christ? Are they part of this, right? Moses, Abraham, David, Isaac, any of them? Do they yeah. get to be resurrected? I would argue yes. I uh, mean, I would too. They may but not be the most traditional, right? I would, I would say they are, but, mm -hmm. but that means everyone since the first human, Adam, previous episode, you can learn about that, everyone since the first human alive all at once. When I read Stephen Hawking's most famous book, which is now, oh my gosh, 40 years old or almost, A Brief History of Time, one of the things he posits in there is that, so you have a big bang and at then that's sort of the beginning of the universe such that we know it. Right. And everything has been expanding away from each other at an accelerating rate since then. And what, Stephen Hawking posits in the book is that what's uncertain is whether the gravitational mass of the universe is stronger than this rate that things are accelerating away from each other so that eventually right. what will happen is you'll actually have a great contraction. Stephen Hawking hypothesized was that if there's a great collapse, time will actually run in reverse. Right. Now, what would that be as a resurrection? Oh, Lord. Now, I maybe I've not helped clarify anything by doing this. But just imagine, that would mean that everybody that has died, every body, two words. Yes, physical, human. Physical body, body. not even human. Actually, every organic every thing. Every organic thing. Right? Yeah, Actually, yeah, yeah, even yeah. every physical thing. Every living being. as well that have that have fallen down and been completely, yep. you know, turned into planes, would would return to its own physical self. It would be, from our perspective, a resurrection. It wow. Would, yeah. Okay. That's a, That's a whole lot. What is the point of all that? The point is to say that even those who aren't involved in the mystery of this 
can imagine how this is possible. It's just it doesn't look like what we imagine. And you were discussing this a little bit. But as you were describing a moment ago, God lives, I would say, the word I would use would be that God lives outside, outside of time. Outside of time. Yeah. So God is present to all time. At yeah, not exactly. All, not, not, not present to no time. It was the same all God yesterday, today, tomorrow, right? right. That's a big part of our faith. Right. And right. that means that God exists outside of it, but can participate within it. Right. That also is really interesting. And I think it's an Easter message that's part of what the womanist um, story is about. And it's fundamental mm -hmm. to what the Easter story is about. Because it means that you are not shackled by the past. Because the time could be running in any different direction. Yes. Yes. I mean, at the heart of womanism, Peter, is this liberation, right. it, this need to be liberated and this desire to be liberated and right. participation in liberation. Right. Um, it's not just something happening to you. It's something that, that we are actively engaged in. And that is bound up in resurrection. It's bound up in, in moving past, moving beyond what has perhaps defined us. Right. Then we, we bring, like we said in our a previous episode about bringing your full self into resurrection, right? Your wounds and who you are and all of that. So sure. that would come with, but it wouldn't be confining. It wouldn't be defining. Exactly. It would, we, you would sort of shed that skin of oppression of right. the, the actual impact of slavery. It would still be part of the story, but it isn't a barrier. Right. Yeah. So uh, did we come to an answer about what the resurrection no, not of all. the physical body? Because it's just so challenging. But I think it's a great way to approach it. And this reading, which we'll get to after the break for today, our gospel, it's one that just leaves so many questions that it's good to know that other people are asking them, right? Right. Well, let's get into the text yes. and see whether that helps us in any way after the break. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Whew, deep breaths. We did a lot of theorizing, a lot of asking big questions with very little answers. Good theology work there, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, just That's getting right. ready for some seminary questions. You know, I'm just going to pull this out eventually. Be like, I actually know some things about theoretical physics. Let's get into it. Can you um, quote this as a source, or yeah, is that going to be going a step too far? Huh, Maybe perhaps. we have to have it registered with the Library of Congress first. We could get that done. Okay, there Let's you see. go. So, looking at the text, to jump right in to the gospel story for today, we're looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 5, beginning on verse 25. This is a story that takes place before Holy Week, before, right? This is in his ministry. Yes. So, interesting context, I think, to keep in mind. Um, and right in here, we've got, The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Just as the living God has life internally, so God gives that life to the Son to have internally, and the Son can render justice. So now we have these two different ideas here, Peter, and I'm curious your thoughts. We've got resurrection, uh -huh. life, Sure. That sort of idea. 
and the son has authority to render justice. Well, which gets interpreted. <laughs> well, okay. This is a shorter gospel. It's reading, very short. <laughs> and there appears to be some kind of a separating of the resurrected. That's yes. happening at the end. Yeah, at the end. When those who are in their graves and hear his voice come out, and those who are done good, it says, move to the life, the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Which also, by the way, let's not imagine that these things are actually as separate as they may appear to be when you first read through them. Mm. After all, um, a resurrection of judgment might be just the space. What if, what if God, well, of course, this is sort of the old classic Catholic take on I'm loving purgatory. where we're going with this. Yes, um, thank you. But what if the I what have if so the, much to say about purgatory. <laughs> what about the resurrection of judgment? It's not about eternal damnation. No, but so more that of you a could, purification. Yeah, of souls. you would still end up in a place of the resurrection of life ultimately yeah. anyway. Sure. And that's one question I have in, in all of this. But but also why has Gaffney chosen for a womanist lecture <sighs> to talk about the dead hearing effectively the good news for that bringing them back to life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then inside that space for there to be this element of those who move on to the new life and those who have to go through whatever judgment. this purification yeah. or judgment or whatever yeah. that might be right because one of the things if you i know we've mentioned this but in case you've forgotten is that Dr. Gaffney is not following the standard lectionary for the Episcopal Church. This is not the reading you would typically hear Correct. on the third Sunday of Easter. She's chosen it for some reason, and unlike many of her texts, for this gospel, she doesn't give us a lot She doesn't of... really give us the... <laughs> So the good news is we can say whatever we want, right? Mary yeah, Jane? Dr. Gaffney, if you're listening, uh, send us an email. Let us know. Um, we'd love to have your opinion. But she doesn't. She doesn't give us the explicit reason here, like in her text notes, in her preaching prompts. Um, but it just stood out to me as such an odd choice. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, it's great. And it's very Easter in the sense that we are talking about resurrection. But to me, it feels, my my words are going to fail me on this one, but it feels more like a gritty, like the everyman approach to resurrection mm. instead of the glorious, high, holy day celebration of resurrection that we might normally get. Like, this feels like you are in the grind of the day-to-day -day and maybe some sort of world that isn't shiny and new like we want Easter to feel. You know, it just feels so different than a regular Easter, Easter season gospel. And I, I wonder how much of that is part of this womanist lens of something a little bit coarser, a little bit more complicated. I wonder about something similar, and I am really going to kind of take three steps out into the dark here, so I should probably throw you a line. And we talk about 
that a life of faith means that you may not see the results of good works, good deeds, good thought, mm -hmm. good prayer, good faith in your lifetime. What about an idea that at some point after the return of Jesus, after, after the parousia, when we enter the full resurrection, that the value of a life lived which appeared in faith hmm. still to have been without any result hmm. would become clear. You know, okay, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. So if you're following me, it, what I'm saying is those who hear from beyond the grave, once they're no longer trapped inside of time, can see God's work in what often gets described as sort of the arc of, you know, the arc of, towards uh, justice. Yeah, the moral universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so then it becomes like this. It yeah. becomes clear that the that God's voice can reach you in that place mm. because then you, you you know you you see the quilt right instead of just the square of it. Yeah. Um, so you, the long road to yeah. trying to live not captured inside of our enslavement of other bodies mm -hmm. and um, the exploitation of them, which is going to outlast the life of any of us individually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the value yeah. of that will be known to us right. in the resurrection. Yes. So to give an example of what I think you're saying here, Peter, and if I'm not getting it, please pull me back into your your dark void that you've <laughs> No, into. I'm not sure that right. Uh, I told you where I was. But you may not want to come this way. <laughs> us talking about the resurrection and judgment and life and these things has got me thinking about the Commedia by Dante. Yep. So if you're not familiar, Inferno, Purgatorio, and Paradiso, you get that in there of you are not necessarily eternally damned. Like Purgatorio is actually my favorite part of the whole story because there is such a promise waiting you. Yeah. Like, and you're never really alone in that work. Um, but when you uh, finally arrive at Paradiso, at heaven, you see the good work that folks did in their life and that God did through them and with them revealed and you spend that time glorifying God, right? So yeah, I think there is something about that. We might have to spend some time, oh, I don't know. I'm not really on the purgatory theology train. Um, I could spend a lot of time explaining why, but I think that that yes, there is something about at the end of our life and at the end of whatever judgment comes, you know, revelation and all of those things, that we will be able to look and see God in all things that have transpired. Mm -hmm. um, and that is definitely a, a resurrection too. Yeah, you know, I'm reminded, and maybe we're making a really complicated long walk around, <laughs> which wouldn't be... Maybe Dr. Gaffney chose this because she liked it. <laughs> and we're like, it's because of space and time, and but I like it. I like where we're going. 
But it reminds me of that famous set of passages from Romans about those who lived by faith. Yes. And did not see. Yes. And I, 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 I'd like to see that what Gaffney, Dr. Gaffney is doing is reminding us that what we're doing with our seemingly impossible work around the womanist lectionary and the legacy of slavery is we are participating with them. Oh, yeah. And, wa and stepping into the same place, the same river, right? Mm. Into the same stream of faith that you can find historically that faithful people have done. And that is because they inherently believe that they will, there will be a tangible result of that, ultimately. And what's more resurrection than that? Amen. Amen. May you see and know the resurrection in your own life, friends. We will be back with you again next week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Amplified Word. To learn more about the Women's Lectionary by Will Gaffney and our year-long formation programs, Women of the Word, we invite you to visit our parish website, DaytonChristEpiscopal.com.